Now, I like the living Christmas tree, but it doesn't compare to that. I'll guarantee you, friend. God is holy. And when we acknowledge that to Him, like we just did, He is delighted. He is on the throne, King of kings and Lord of lords. I want you to turn in your Bibles to a couple of passages this morning. One is Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to begin there in verse number 8. And Genesis chapter 16. We're going to look at a few verses there in that passage of Scripture as well. So if you will turn to both of those, I think that will be really good and helpful to us. We're in a series of sermons that we started last Sunday morning called Old Testament Families and Their Struggles. And we know how that we go through various struggles in life. And we know as families today we struggle so much. But we're sort of going back and looking into the Old Testament. We're seeing how that struggles have been a part of the lives of God's people uh, since the very beginning. And because I'm a Christian, that does not mean that I'm not going to struggle. Because you're a Christian or a Christian family does not mean you're not going to struggle. We all deal and are going to deal with struggles in life. But we want to see uh, that and look at some of these passages today that we're going to look at. Last week, we focused on, in our sermon, um, Cain and Abel and the struggle that they had where Cain wound up killing his brother Abel and how that that first family struggled in all of that in those relationships. Today, we're looking at another Old Testament family. We're looking at Abraham and Hagar. Now you actually can look at this family from uh, about four different people that were really involved immediately in the struggle. And that is Abraham and Sarah, his wife. Hagar, the maidservant that was taken into their family there when they were traveling in Egypt. And then two sons that were born, uh, Ishmael and Isaac. Well, that's five people rather than four, isn't it? And so we're going to look at this today. We're going to see how, all, how God works through all of these struggles. One of, the, one of the things we find in Scripture, like especially in the passage today, by using dual text, that is, two different texts in Scripture that are covering the same events. How that that helps us get a fuller picture of a life and a family. And especially in this situation, if we only use Hebrews 11, we do not see the struggle. But when we add into it Genesis 16, we see the struggle that this family had and the struggle that they went through. So that's what we'll be sort of navigating and working our way through this morning. Would you stand please with your Bible in hand? And I want to begin reading 
Now in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse number 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Genesis chapter 12 gives us that story that verse 8 talks about. As Abraham and his family left Ur of the Chaldees and they began to travel looking for a city that God had told them He was going to provide for them. Verse number 9, By faith He dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob the heirs with him of the promise. For he waited for that city which has foundations, which build, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who promised. Therefore from one man... And from him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Father, we ask that you bless the reading of your holy word. Give us strength now to study it, to understand it, to apply it to our lives. And Father, most of all, to help us with our struggles ourselves as Christians in this life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you and be seated, please. Now, if you want to turn on over to Genesis 16, that's actually where we're going to spend our time in Genesis 16. Like I said a moment ago, the Hebrews passage does not show us the struggle. It shows us the victory. And you see, no matter how much struggle Abraham and his family and descendants went through, they eventually received the victory that comes through the Lord. And could I say to you, friend, one of the things that I would encourage you to do as an individual or as a family, take your eyes off of your struggle. It's the devil's plan to keep you focused on your struggle. Because when he can keep you focused on your struggle and your hardship, he will keep you beaten down and keep you defeated. He does not want you to understand that God has the victory out there for you if you continue to depend on him and rely on the Lord. Get your eyes off your struggle and get your eyes upon Jesus. And look at him, focus on what Jesus wants to do in your life. And that's how, you deal, that's how we deal with these struggles. Because we see that from Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 didn't tell us about all the struggle of Abraham and Sarah and what they went through to have Isaac. They're just showing us the end result. He wound up in the heroes of faith. Abraham's and Sarah's struggle was a struggle of believing that God would do what God said He would do. It was a struggle in their faith in God. 
They did not believe God was big enough to do what God had promised them that he would do. Anybody want to join their club this morning? I'm the first one in. I'm the first one to tell you, folks, that it's very easy to think God cannot do it. And that the struggle is just going to overtake you and the world is going to win. It's very easy to give up and just throw in the towel and say, Well, I tried this and I tried the, uh, trusting God. I tried following Jesus. It didn't work. I'm just going to give up and I'm going to quit. When you do that, the devil wins. When you believe God is able and God is capable, your faith, is what's going to carry you through in, in dependence upon God. Well, let's go to verse 1 of chapter 16. Let's get, down, let's get down to the dirt. This is the dirt, friend. Hebrews 11 is the mountaintop blessing. This is the dirt. This is where the family messed up. This is where they got dirty. This is where they disobeyed God and tried to handle things on their own. Anybody ever been there? Oh yes, we've been there, haven't we? Notice it. Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. Time out. It's a good place to review the promise. The promise of chapter 12 of Genesis, before we get to chapter 16, here's the promise. God said, Abraham, if you will get your family, get Sarah, your family, and if you'll leave your homeland, and if you will go and follow me to the land I'm going to take you, I am going to bless you, and your seed is going to outnumber the stars of the sky. You're going to have children, you're going to have descendants, you're going to have family, and I'm going to bless you in a mighty way. Abraham, in other words, here's what I'm saying to you. Abraham, my hand is upon you. And if you'll leave and follow me and obey me and be faithful to me, I will show you and I will fulfill my promise to you. Now here's the promise. So all of a sudden, verse 1 of 16 Abram's wife bore him no children, and she said, had an Egyptian maidservant who was named Hagar. Sarah said to Abram, see now the Lord has restrained me from having children. Please go to my maid, and perhaps I shall obtain, obtain children by her. And Abraham heeded the voice of Sarah. Now there's a lot of good times, guys. Your wife has a lot of good advice. And we need to listen to them. Our wives, they've got good advice. Sometimes. A lot of times. But here is a wife that was used of the devil and messed up the whole faith project that Abraham was involved in. She says to him, look, it's pretty apparent by my age that I'm not going to have children. She's in her 70s. Abraham's in his 80s. It's pretty obvious right here we're not going to have any kids. So let's help God fulfill His promise to us. Did anybody catch that? Anybody catch the big problem that happened there? 
You don't need to help God, friend. You do not need to help God. There is no one in this room that needs to help God fulfill His promise. God's capable of fulfilling all of His promises. He's God. And so all of a sudden, they're, they're messing up here. They're saying, okay, God has made us this promise. We're going to have a, a, a family, and our family's going to have multiply, be so many. It's going to bless the whole world. So Abraham, you go in to, to uh, Hagar, this Egyptian slave that we brought with us out of Egypt. You go into her and, and bear children by her. Says Abraham, heeded her voice, voice, verse 3. Then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar as maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And Abram dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and he went into Hagar, and she conceived, verse 4. When she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes, and Sarah and Abram. My wrong is upon you. I gave you my maid. You went unto her. The Lord judged between you and me. And, and I'm just going to not read all of that, but just get to the point. The family became a big mess. It just became a big mess. It was filled now with jealousy and strife and envy. Here is Abraham, this man of God, had a child by his maidservant being instigated by his wife Sarah you go do this we're gonna help God out here fulfill his promise and now all of a sudden Hagar's pregnant Sarah's mad Hagar feels resented she flees off out into the wilderness God says you go back you you go back and stay there with uh, Abraham and Sarah their family it was a mess and a half. Do you know one of the things about this scripture that, that really speaks to my heart is we find this in the Bible and we say, how could, how could God ever allow such a thing to happen? Well, I'll tell you how God allowed that to happen. This arrangement was the custom of that day. This is not the only place we see this kind of activity in the Old Testament. Have you ever read the Old Testament and wondered, why did these guys have so many wives? Why did these guys have so many children? Why, well, what happened? Uh, did God change from the Old Testament to the New Testament? No, no, God never changed. This was the custom of that day. It was the custom of that day that if you didn't have children... Another wife, another you could have another wife or a concubine or a maidservant like this. You could bear children there to fulfill the family name. Now, would you listen to me, friend? That was the custom of that time. That did not mean God approved of it. That did not mean it was right. It was the custom of the time. People accepted it as the way of life. But it didn't make it right in the eyes of God. And God did not bless it. God was not for it. God did not agree with it. And we see that all of that happened there caused a great struggle in this family. Let me show you the struggle. Go to verse 11 in this same chapter. 
Ishmael is now born. Abraham's his father. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child, you shall bear a son, you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard your affliction. Now listen to what God says about Ishmael. He shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of of all of his brethren. You can go Google the name Ishmael by your telephone when you get home. Please wait to get home, okay? You wait you get home and you Google him and you can find out everything you want to know about the lineage and the descendants of Ishmael. That's not the purpose of this message. But you go check it out. You, you can find it. I will say this. Do you remember when Joseph that man of God in the latter part of the book of Genesis that God used in a mighty way? Do you know the people that got him and took him captive and took him off into Egypt? They were called Ishmaelites. They were from the lineage of Ishmael. This was not the will of God in the life of Abraham and Sarah and God God just says I, I'm not for this now I'm going to love Ishmael I'm going to love Hagar I'm going to love all of their descendants but this was not God's will for Abraham to go into Hagar do you know friend we are faced in our culture today with a similar situation as this I want you to think for a moment I want you to put on your thinking cap for a minute what are we faced with in our culture today that is culturally accepted and embraced but yet God in his word says I'm not for it I'll tell you what it is it's living together outside of marriage you kids know that you've got a lot of friends right there in that situation you college-age kids know that. You singles in this audience know that. I'm telling us today, friend, it is, it is totally culturally accepted today. I'm not talking about the lost world. I'm talking about within church. It is accepted today. You can live together without being married, husband and wife. I'm here to announce to you today, friend, it doesn't matter what the culture agrees to, God says it's wrong. God says it's sin. God says, I'm not going to bless it because it's out of my will. We see this going on in that culture. We see the things going on in our culture today. Let me show you what happens when we get to the New Testament. When we get to the New Testament and we begin to read and study the book of Galatians, Hagar and Sarah come up as Paul's major thread of discussion to the Galatian Christians in the book of Galatia. And here's what he says. He says, Hagar represents the flesh, living life according to the flesh. Sarah 
represents faith and living life according to the Spirit of God. Now, we don't see all that going on here. That's how God works it all out in the end. But the Bible tells us that in chapter 16 of Genesis, what drove Abraham and Sarah and Hagar having this baby named Ishmael, what drove them was the desire of the flesh. The desire of the flesh. Give in to the flesh, follow the flesh, listen to the flesh. When I talk about flesh, I'm not talking about skin and the meat hanging on a bone. I'm talking about the lost Adamic nature. We are like Adam. We are like Cain, Eve, Cain and Abel. In sin, we have a lost Adamic nature. That's why we come to Jesus and get saved. When we get saved, we get a new nature, a divine nature. We are Christ-like when we become a Christian. And so this Two natures continue to battle in our heart and life. That's what we talked about earlier, wasn't it, Justin? Down in Sunday school, our two natures are fighting against one another. There is that sinful nature of the flesh, and it wants to do this. Here is the divine nature of Christ living within me, and Jesus wants me to do this. And we battle back and forth as those natures struggle against each other. And we just have to come to the point that we say, you know what? I'm going to follow what God says and I'll be led by the Spirit of God and I've got to overcome this nature, this desire of my flesh to please the flesh. Abraham and Sarah had this baby by Hagar thinking we're going to help God out. God needs our help and we're going to help Him. I want to show you how even that it's developed later on. Look at chapter 17 for a moment. And I want you to go down with me for a moment to verse number 17. Now we're going to get to the real child that God wanted them to have in a minute, okay? And then we'll be finished. But I want you to look at chapter 17 and verse 17. Abraham fell on his face and laughed. You know why Abraham laughed? He is 99 years old in chapter 17. And God is reminding him about his promise of having a child. <laughs> he said, hey, yeah, that's a good one, God. <laughs> I'm 99, I'm going to have a baby. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. That's what's going on in verse 17. Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Now listen to faithless Abraham in verse 18. And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. You know what he's saying? He's saying, God, I know me and Sarah can't have a child, but we've got Ishmael. Let Ishmael be that child. God, can Ishmael be this child you promised that I would have. 
The child you said you'll bless the whole world with. The child that I'll have the seed beyond anything imaginable. Can this be the child, and I'm adding a little bit here that the rest of the scripture adds, that will bring the line of Judah and Jesus into this world born to a virgin Mary? Can Ishmael be the child? And God says, absolutely not. My friend, how many times is it that the devil tells you to go help God out? How many times does he say to you, you can help God by doing this. You can help God by doing that. If you'll do this, God understands. Just help Him. Oh, we love each other. You can just be together because you love each other. God has all these rules in the Bible, but it doesn't apply to you. Yes, it does apply to you. If you're a Christian, it applies to you. And you're going to make a big mess. God's still going to love you. He's going to be with you. He's still going to bless you. In fact, we see how God blessed Abraham and Sarah. They're in the, the Hebrews 11, the heroes of faith. God didn't turn His back on them because they made a mess. But He helped them work out of that mess. That caused them some heartbreak. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 7, and 8, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever we sow, we're going to reap. But the next verse is the one we don't look at a lot of times. It says, if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap of the flesh. Abraham and Sarah sowed to the flesh. They reaped heartache, much heartache. Ishmael and Isaac never did get along. They didn't get along. Hagar and Sarah never got along. It, it was heartache continually in that family. But God still loved them. God still blessed them. God still fulfilled His promise. Do you know one of the exciting things I've learned from Scripture? No matter how faithless I am, no matter how wrong I am, no matter how sinful I am, I found it in Scripture, God is always faithful. Always faithful. God never fails. Never fails. But I fail a lot of times. And that's what we see in this scripture. Go back to chapter 17, verse 1, and let's just sort of wind this thing up for a moment. We've already seen back in those, verse 17 and 18 of this chapter, that Abraham and Sarah, they're going to have this baby. They can laugh all they want to, but they're going to laugh all the way to the maternity ward. Because <laughs> they're going to have this baby. This baby's on its way. You're not going to mess up God. God's going to do what God's going to do. You can't help Him and you're not going to mess Him up. Verse, chapter 17, verse 1. Abraham was 99 years old and the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, and here's my covenant. You shall be the father of many nations. When we get into deep into that chapter, we find out not through Ishmael you're not going to be the father of many nations. That wasn't my promise. Oh, he's going to be the father of many nations, okay. But that's not my promise. My promise is you and Sarah are going to have a baby boy. And that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to fulfill my promise. 
You can calculate age any way you want to, old Mr. Abraham, but this is what I'm going to do. Tell Sarah, it don't matter how old she is, this is what I'm going to do. It's a one-time deal, and I'm going to do it. And I can do it because I'm El Shaddai. I am Almighty God. Do you know what I learned from this passage of Scripture, by the way? And, and we're almost finished, but just there for with, with me for a moment. I find that God is eager to make a promise to you and me because we're His children. I'm telling you, friend, God delights in you. You have a position with Jesus far beyond what Abraham and Sarah had. They weren't indwelled by the Holy Spirit. They weren't a part of the body of Christ. They weren't a part of the New Testament church. They're on the opposite side of Pentecost you're on. When you and I got saved, the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, came to live within us. The Bible says we're adopted children into the family of God. Our status is high. Someone asked me the other day, do we become angels when we get to heaven? Absolutely not. And the next one of you that puts that on Facebook, I'm coming to see you. I'm telling you, Hebrews says we're above the angels of God as a child of God. The angels are beneath us. The angels are ministering spirits to minister to us that are heirs of salvation. We are risen far above where Abraham and Sarah were. Don't try to crawl back and live in the dirt they lived in. Live on a higher plane because you're a part of the church, the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit of God lives within you. You have every opportunity to overcome the flesh and that fallen nature of Adam because you have the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ living in your life if you'll submit yourself to Him and follow Him. This scripture, notice how this ends. Verse 7, chapter 17, verse 1 Abraham was 99, 100 when Isaac was born. Sarah was 90, 89, 90 when he was born. And God says to them these words. Notice it at the end of that verse. I am Almighty God. That word Almighty there is the Hebrew word El Shaddai. I thought Amy Grant might be here today. So she could sing that song for us in the service. You all don't know anything about her singing that song. That's us older folk back in our day. She sang that song, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, about God. El Shaddai is a word, a title, a name of God that's used 48 times in the Old Testament. Here's its meaning. I am Almighty God. I am El Shaddai. I am all-powerful. I am all-sufficient. I, God, can do anything and meet any need. I'm telling us this morning, friend, there was no question ever about it that Abraham and Sarah would have Isaac as their son who would be a type of Christ in the Old Testament and would point us to the coming of Jesus. Have you ever noticed that Jesus, it was impossible for Him to be born? Did that ever cross your mind, friend? Jesus couldn't have been born of a woman. 
How could Jesus have been born of a woman? There was no father. But God's a miracle working God, isn't He? Through the miraculous work of the power of the Holy Spirit, a young virgin named Mary was chosen by God and the Holy Spirit moved upon her and she became pregnant knowing no man, sexual relations with no man, gave birth to Jesus, the Son of God. El Shaddai says, I can do anything. I'm all powerful. I make the rules. I can do it. And so we have that foreshadowed here as God says to Abraham and Sarah, I'm so sorry you thought you had to help me with Hagar and have a son named Isaac. I didn't, Ishmael, I didn't need you to help me do that. You just messed up because you listened to the flesh and you stopped walking by faith. I'm El Shaddai. I can do anything. I'm all powerful. And here's what I'm going to do. Abraham, you're 100. Sarah's 90. Get ready. You're going to have nine months and she's going to carry that baby and he's going to be delivered. And my friend, our God did it. Now I'm going to ask you a question. What is harder in your life than that for God to do? Why? <laughs> I believe if God can do that, I don't have anything too hard for God to do in my life. Do you? There's not anything too hard for God to do in my family, is there yours? It's just a matter of faith, isn't it? It's a matter of trusting Him. It's a matter of don't try to help Him. Just walk with Him. That's what God yearns for. God longs for you and I to walk with Him. Walk with Him by faith. Walk with Him in purity. Walk with Him by doing what He says in His Word and cultivate that relationship with Jesus. In closing, I will just say this. It is our trials and our testing that God uses to produce our testimony. And that's what Hebrews 11 is about. Hebrews 11 is saying, go back, go back, scan and span history. Go back and read all of the book of Genesis. Go back and look at the mess Abraham and Sarah made. Look at the mess they were in. They lied on many occasions. They cheated on many occasions. They were sexually impure. They were faithless. They denied me. Go back. Look at the life of Abraham and Sarah. But we come to Hebrews 11 and God says, Now let me show you something. Let me show you their testing and their trials. And let me show you now their testimony. Here's their testimony. They finally got it right and began to walk by faith and when they walked by faith they pleased me and anyone who will walk in faith regardless of your past if you'll walk in faith with God and surrender your life to him he will turn your life around just as he did Abraham and Sarah would you bow with me for a moment friend as we ask God to speak to our hearts in this moment of invitation would you speak to us, God? Would you help us? Would you just take your word, take the power of your word and transform our lives with it? Lord, all of us here today are struggling. We've all messed up in so many ways. We've got so many problems that we've caused ourselves. We're reaping 
even now what we've sown. But Father, we thank you that you never cast us aside. You never throw us away. You never push us out of the way. You keep on loving us. You keep on being faithful to us regardless of how we're treating you. And we thank you, Father. Just bring us to a point, Father, that we can know your Son, Jesus, the way you want us to know him. That we can walk in fellowship with him. That we can believe your word. That we can turn our back on the culture and turn our eyes upon the word of God and the scripture and live God to please you doing the things you say to do the way you want us to do them. And Lord, that you might bless us. Now God, in this invitation, I pray that you'll speak to hearts and lives that many will come, not only to faith in Jesus for the first time, but some will come renewing their faith because they've messed it up. And they want to start over afresh and anew by recommitting their self to you. Many may come to pray in this altar. Some may come to join our church. But God, we just lift it to you. and We give it to you. We put it in your hands. God, you do what you want to do. El Shaddai, we love you. These things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.